on dispensers of pets, poking out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Hey there, fanboy. It's Rick Brett Snyder, podcast producer and moral compass for the Fanboy Planet podcast. You're hearing me right now because after 188 episodes tonight, I lost the first 15 minutes of tonight's show. It's gone. There is no recovery. It's gone. And I am really upset. But the rest of the show is really, really good, and we're going to join it in progress right now. We're back on. Sorry, we're back on. We just ran out of space on the recorder. I thought I'd cleared a bunch of stuff off, but I didn't. Three, two, one. Uh, Derek Robertson can't draw. Uh, Can't draw two books uh, simultaneously. Can't do the miniseries and the book. So he posted like he didn't want to leave. He wanted to be the only artist on the book, and so he's self-promoting. Yeah, and it kind of it just made it sound like. You know, he he was very unhappy with him. And then today he ate crow and apologized. The Rolling Stone article is now not going to come out. <laughs> and Obama has left him in the employ of Dynamite Entertainment. So that, that Rolling Stone has a great cover on it, too. Does it? Yeah. It's Lady Gaga. Oh, have you seen a, that picture? With the, milita- with the uh-huh. guns? Uh-huh. She's looking like Tank Girl? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's looking like Pantsel's Tank Girl. Anyway, and, and again, speaking of war, uh, the... Exclusives war has started up again, and DC. Did all our volume go down? I, I feel like that happened. Yeah. Maybe it's just that Goodson's talking in your there ears. There it is. There we oh, go. Okay. okay. Um, in the DC announced today that they have signed two writers uh, and one is an artist as well um, to exclusive contracts. So I have a feeling the next couple months. Stephanie are Myers. Really ugly. No, oh. I said writer. Oh, okay. Um, not just Jack Bowers here. Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, Paul Cornell who is writing. Dude, action the guy from right. Soundgarden. No. Oh, okay. What is sorry. That guy's name? I'd like to go Chris along with Cornell. That. Chris Cornell. Sorry. Sorry. I'd like to go along with that joke, but Dang. I couldn't remember. Okay. Mario is here. He yes. Got it. Uh, thank heavens. Um, so yeah, he's going to be drawing Spoon Man. Ooh! Uh, <laughs> I would read that. Uh, anyway, Paul Cornell, who wrote uh, Captain Britain and MI13 for Marvel, which was canceled shortly before being nominated for a Hugo Award. Um, you mean so, like Chris Garcia? Yes, Chris Garcia and Paul Cornell are actually good friends. They mm. hang out in the Losers Lounge. Oh. Uh, and uh, he's been assigned exclusive because he's writing The Adventures of Lex Luthor in Action Comics. And uh, so he's got an exclusive. And uh, what is this guy's name? Chris Lo- uh, Jeff Lemire, who has this comic called Sweet Tooth coming from Vertigo, about the kid with the antlers, like a deer boy. Um, Why didn't you just call it Deer Boy? I, he didn't. He called it Sweet been Tooth. Been done. Uh, Stupid. <laughs> Because I'd yeah. read Dear Boy. Uh, and apparently they've got big you plans for him can. in the mainstream. <laughs> I, think, I think he's writing The Atom, that they're going to relaunch The Atom again. That would be Ray Palmer, not uh, Ryan Choi, who was, of course, killed. Um, 
As I pointed out, Dan Didio gave an interview yesterday trying to defend the cultural diversity (laughs) of DC Comics and said, now look, all at the same time, sure, we killed killed Ryan Choi, but come on, you've got to look. When we had uh, Dwayne McDuffie writing Justice League, we integrated the Milestone characters into the DC Universe. Never mind that they haven't been seen since. And in fact, then we immediately, who's been seen since? Uh, They were seen after. It was... uh no, he didn't say never mind. It's just the commentary is no. You can't seen. say they were in the shadows. It yeah, no, no, they way. did something after did that. They? After that arc, yeah. Really, Rick in the shadows. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. I said you can't uh, say that long. And then, well, no, they had the they had a milestone miniseries as well. Yes, the milestone no, forever. No, they were, like they interacted with Superman after that. I'm pretty okay. Well, I've been reading. I, you regularly. may be right. You may be right. I know I'm right. He's Nate. <laughs> he knows it. He's here, Absolutely, the guy's not slept for two days because Indeed. he's got of the topic that I've got had him researching. So please, let's not cross him. He's going to kill a man. <laughs> uh, and uh, and the, the other thing is, he said he mentioned the Great Ten miniseries, which by the way has been canceled. So uh, again, <laughs> shortly before did being nominated for a Hugo, did he mention the new uh, Firestorm and Blue Beetle books? Uh, no, there are no oh. new Firestorm and Blue Beetle. Well, they got canceled. Didn't well, they? Right, right, yes, right, right, uh, right. Yes. right. Um, you mean the, the Black Firestorm and the... Uh, yes, really, Hispanic, Rick? We're going to just Hispanic. spell it out, huh? Okay, yeah. great. No, okay. Well, I mean, now, I mean, <laughs> to say that, to be, tr- to be honest... You hey, know, but Ron Aqualad Rain- is a black guy now, so... Yeah, hey. yeah, we'll see. He's the African-American. Cause he's That's why be, it's Aqua, because he's African-American uh, Aqualad. So he's going to be That's on, for you, Derek. Thank <laughs> you. He's going to be on the Young Justice cartoon, so that actually, that existence of that character had been leaked uh, to the media about okay. six months ago. So. I, ca- I can't say it. I had a really bad no, joke don't about say it. that. Don't say it, because Debbie's going to hear that. It's going to get cut out. Debbie's going to hear it, and she's just going to hate you that much more. If so, Ron uh, is self-checking, that's a sign. Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> it's very bad. I am it's in shock. <laughs> I um, so I, if I, you know what joke so, I'm thinking about so a black aqualad, email it to sandpaper <laughs> at fanboyplanet.com. And, right now, and we will give you a prize. Listeners at home, you just heard this moment. If Rick le- indeed left it in, I want you to say goodbye to your loved ones because the apocalypse is upon us. <laughs> <laughs> Lon. Will they get an just Who are you and what have you done with Lon Lopez? I, I, will, I will get a cool prize if somebody can tell me the joke I was okay. just thinking oh. about a black aqualad. You know what sucks? Is I have to read all those. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to find out how much of our listenership is as racist as Lon Lopez. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to uh, get a lot of different jokes about a black aqua. <laughs> we are. Um, Most of which will be much worse than whatever Lon was <laughs> And we've all fallen it into Lon's itself. trap. It yeah. does. Uh, I just wanted to wow. point out that, it's, that a person not exclusive, but it's, but David Mamet has released a graphic novel today. Big fan. The Trials of Roderick Spode, The Human Ant. Uh, I'm not Already sure. bored. I, well, no, sure. Okay. It's Mammoth. You're not going to. You know what, though? Mammoth's go awesome. He's a great writer. Yes. Yep. But it's he, he's writes, he writes plays. You know what I mean? Anytime I've seen and him do plays. like a movie, or anything, I, I get bored with his stuff. Best dialogue ever. Seriously. Really? And yeah. he drew this one himself as well. So. Yeah. Really? And in I didn't fact, know he was he, a comic he, artist. He, the not. fact that he's writing a comic just plays right into his strength. But totally. if you look to uh, comic book resources, Brian Michael Bendis got to, act, to interview him about it. So there's an article up today. That's cool. Um, and. and just to, if I can be, you know, politely jealous right now, Comic Resources is clearly doing well enough. They hired a publicist, the same publicist that Disney has, to contact me and uh, tell me. I'm like, oh my gosh, 
Well, great. Good for you, Jonah. Well, you know what? We like you. They've got resources. They do. So wait, can I ask a question about the Mammoth comic? Yeah. Is Rebecca Pigeon going to make an appearance? Let's, let's, let's sort of... <laughs> uh, that's that's going to be, be the nice. that's going to be the page I'm going to go past, because I really don't like <laughs> no? her as an actress. Oh. oh, I find her really boring. Uh, um, Rebecca Pigeon? His wife. Oh. Who is apparently the best interpreter of oh, Mammoth dialogue. God. Mammoth dialogue is and so good from Rebecca Pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? I am not joking. Oh, Spanish my God. Prisoner. If only oh, Rebecca uh, Pigeon had been in oh, Ang Lee's Hulk, sorry. you'd be a single man today. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, and if you can diagram that joke yeah, for us, I swear. <laughs> Seth, well, get well, on that. Actually, that was a callback. What's happening is Mario says something, counter with Ang Lee's Hulk. Exactly. <laughs> 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 right. I've it's been giving you crap for that for three years. Yes. It works. It still works. Um, Anyway, uh, and Mark Wade has joined the board of the Hero Initiative, so uh, that's... It's about time that guy got some recognition. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, he's just <laughs> doing what? his part to raise funds for the people that came before him. And oh, I thought it was important. a super team he joined or no, something. You would think. Oh, okay. Mark Wade would be the best mastermind. He, he, the Professor X of a super team. That'd right. Be awesome. That'd be rad. And they'd all hang out at Carl's Give him a floating wheelchairs. Uh, oh. Hmm. Uh, Joe Casada has uh, announced that he is writing One Moment in Time, which is to be known as The Whitney as Houston uh, autobiography? No, no, the story of what really happened on Peter and Mary Jane's wedding day before Mephisto got involved. On their wedding day? The, the, apparently, they, in the new, brand new day um, reality storyline, story yeah. that they did almost they make it. They were going to get yeah. married and yeah. something terrible oh. happened. The only thing so is Rufus for those kids. Race was I think the it's fact good. that they got married. They went to get married. They just didn't get married. And it turned out that Mary Jane was found herself inordinately attracted to the chief creative officer of Marvel Comics. Is this another? Is this another, another. Kisada like wanted someone to write this and no one would write it, so Kisada's writing it. Yeah, J. Michael Straczynski had something else to do, <laughs> like resuscitate his career at DC. So, so whip yeah. himself or yeah, I I, I don't Joe know. Joe Kisada writing, you just lose me after. Did he ever finish Father Daredevil? Father has Rebecca Pigeon ever interpreted Joe Kisada's work? <laughs> No. no. <laughs> I think we got something here. But, I don't uh, know. Joe Casada is one of the finest interpreters of Kevin Smith dialogue, if you recall uh, from Jay and Silent Bob's Here's your pizza. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a deathless, deathless line. Mm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I wanted to say on Straczynski, by the way, Superman 700 came out today. Uh, and that's the Straczynski's first story in the Superman grounded arc, which is going to walk across America. Doesn't he only write like three pages in this uh, issue? Yeah, it's uh, three stories. It's it's longer than three pages, and I thought it was a little ridiculous, honestly, as, as a launch thing, because a woman slaps him for being out uh, on New Krypton when her husband was dying of cancer, and he could have taken the tumor out. Where everybody around because it, he's well known for his surgery. Yes, but everybody's saying you know, but all the people around are like going you know some wacko. So I thought that was ridiculous until it kind of turned into him saying, "Well, it just is. He's lost. Has he? Has he been on New Krypton for a year? Has he lost touch with people? Oh. He was on New Krypton for a year, and every weekend he was back on Earth. Apparently not, despite I don't know. the fact that he was banned from Earth. No, he was. He was allowed yeah, back. But he was he back. Was quite a, no, he banned. was the one Kryptonian who wasn't banned. Right, but then he was banned anyway. I didn't read yeah. any of it, so I, don't, I didn't read War no. of Superman. I don't he know. came back quite a bit. It was okay, like, so." 
Um, so there was a story, uh, James Robinson farewell story with um, the prankster and, and the parasite, and that was pretty good. And then Dan Jurgens gets well, a story. Kinda, I can understand that storyline because, I mean, like, it's kind of like when you go to Boston and you hang out there for a while, you start talking like a boy, you know, you say ka and stuff like that. Right, you know? right. That's how Kryptonians talk. Well, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> you hang out with a bunch of Kryptonians, you know, you start. General Zod. I can't believe you said Dan Jurgens and London react. I know. Shut. Why would you go back to it? I was trying. I if was I might say, Rick Breschnatter, with... you got no brain. What the hell's wrong with you? Well, it happened twice now. No. I was too busy trying to figure out a way to apply the Boston accent to the Phantom Zone. Monel, get over here, Monel. I've been in the Phantom Zone for a thousand years. Park your butt in the Phantom Zone. That'd be an awesome like YouTube video or something like. Shh. Oh, coming up on more on life. Sorry, sorry. We've got it. We've got it. Okay. So I wanted to because they're doing the celebration. They got Batman, Superman, seven hundred, and a couple weeks ago they had Batman seven hundred. Where I'm going to say Grant Morrison has finally written the story that made my head explode. Where I can't say I can't justify it. I can't explain what the hell went on. If someone wants to write into editor at fanboyplanet.com and explain Batman number seven hundred to me other than I get it was Batman through through other time periods I get that right I still didn't really understand what was going on Era, nor did I <laughs> thank you Robert, Robert Kennedy <laughs> uh, you've just come out from <laughs> okay thanks uh, I just want to say one thing to you and that is Chappaquiddick alright so uh, anyway uh, one more thing about actually now that you're here I, I'm going to turn this over to you in just a moment you, you can't interrupt yourself no, no, no. <laughs> Superman 700? Damn it. Batman 700? Lost it. Wonder uh, Woman 700? Oh, they announced, so JMS is uh, doing like a contest, like Superman's going to walk across the United States or something like and that. And he'll come to your town. And he'll come to your town, but you have to write an essay about how good your town is and why he should walk through your town. And then if you read the fine print, it's limited to like 13 towns. Really? And you have to be <laughs> within 50 miles of those towns. Is Gilroy... One of those? No, you got to be within 50 miles of L.A. in California. What? Oh, boo. Yeah. So this is kind of like that so Burger King promo- promotion where there was that guy that had never had a Whopper. What was his name? Right. Yeah. Or there was also the Domino's thing, right? Like they have, there was yeah. one guy in a town who hadn't tasted the new Domino's recipe. Well, we can, you can nominate pe- people for that one, though. I'm going to nominate all of you if you nominate me. There you uh-huh. go. I haven't gone to Domino's since probably fifth grade. Yeah, I'm going to bet that <laughs> Superman has never had a Domino's pizza. I don't At least think. not since the Noid. No. <laughs> <laughs> he fought the Noid in uh, yeah, yes. episode. Uh, Surprisingly, the Noid is like 50% kryptonite, too. <laughs> yeah, well. Frightening. Red kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of red. Yes. Segway. We have Nate Costa here for the long over. After two and a half years, and I'm going to say the first time that... Uh, Wait, why is he putting on wristbands and like a sweat? <laughs> He's getting ready. Just literally, folks, it's just drop it like the Costa right and it, Okay. He did a sports montage. Yeah. You're the best. Okay. No. what's what's going on here with Nate now? This has been like... This is a story... This is a segment, what, two years Two and a half years in the making, Two and a half years in the making. I remember the... Maybe not the first time I met Nate, but the first time that Nate really stuck in my memory was at WonderCon two years ago when he stood up at a Marvel panel and asked when – I forgot even which editor you asked. It was Mark Panachia, okay. and I asked – I didn't say who's Red Hulk. I didn't say 
I didn't care who the Red Hulk was. I said, when will we find out? Because this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> At that point, I think it had been 11 or 12 issues because they were just about to do the crossover with Scar <clears throat> coming to Earth. Or Scar coming to Earth and fighting Hulk. Son of Hulk, yes. And uh, he said, we'll know within the year. And that was two years ago. Okay. And my favorite response ever, when, it, when he then asked he says, you, oh, you're reading you, the Red are Hulk? You, are you enjoying the Hulk? Are you reading the Hulk? Yes. Are you enjoying the Red Hulk? And you just my response was no, but that's not the question that I asked. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I need to get to know this man better and hope he doesn't make me cry. Like and two years Mark later, Bennett. they were married in San Francisco. Uh, no. We can now say, because last month, apparently, the previous issue of, of Hulk did indeed reveal, Hulk. finally, who the Red Hulk is. It did? Uh, Officially? Hulk 22. Hulk 22. Nate, Nate's got a whole presentation here. Okay. Let's just turn it right, right. over. This is, this Ladies a, and gentlemen, he's got a PowerPoint. Nate Costa. Uh, that is an amazing 3D model you've made. Go ahead. I do How hate. Do I hate to interrupt my presentation, but... Uh, shameless plug for my brother who just found out that his <laughs> who has been on the show before yes. has been on the show he ben found out Costa. that his hardcover book uh, Sherlock Pong which he will have available at Comic Con is going to be available through Diamond probably in October so actual comic ben. shops yeah. can order good job his hardcover book very very well reserved well done reserved, reserved. so this this uh, this segment has been brought to you by Sherlock Pong okay exactly. go ahead yes now okay. Red Hulk. So, spoilers on for Red Hulk 22 and 23, which 23 came out today. Technically, so. the book isn't called Red Hulk, though, right? It's just Sorry. called Hulk. Yeah, that's right. Or Hulk. Suck. Hulk 22 and 23, a.k.a. So. the worst book on the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so last month, in, I, I in find it amazing that he's so did, turned this into an actual ode. He's got stanzas. <laughs> he's ready to go. <laughs> I, this, is, this is Byronic. <laughs> I, I don't say this often, but we should all shut up and let him perform. Okay, go. <laughs> last month in Hulk twenty two, they revealed on the very last page or second to last page that the Red Hulk is in fact General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, which is wow. a joke. What? Then, this month, they try to explain away all of the things that I'm about to tell you are reasons Thunderbolt Ross is not the Red Hulk. (laughs) How do I hate thee? Let me count the ways. One. So, (laughs) Number uh, ten. (laughs) No, it's like a top ten list. In issue number two of Hulk, on pages two and three, the Red Hulk attacks She-Hulk in front of Iron Man and Maria Hill on a helicarrier, I believe. Page four, the Red Hulk has disappeared. Page five, Tony Stark tells Maria Hill, hey, get to safety, or if you're going to stick around, you better put some armor on. Page seven, Iron Man runs into Clay Quartermain and General Ross, who's fully clothed at the time, uh, sitting in like this tunnel because the Red Hulk just ran through. Well, if he'd been naked, that would have been a giveaway. Panels one through five <laughs> and six, Iron Man is talking to them, and then he walks past Ross, General Ross, and tells him to find Doc Samson. Splash page eight and nine. All of a sudden, the Red Hulk is lunging at Iron Man from the opposite side of where General Ross was. So apparently, if General Ross is the Hulk, he can teleport. Mm. Uh, to the opposite side. That would be a cool new power, though. <laughs> yes, it would be. Then in uh, issue three... Wait, wait, can I ask a question about proceed, that? Proceed, yes. So d- are we sure that um, he didn't pull, like, a, an Ozu thing where he just, like, reversed... Uh, reversed the angle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, they, they switched the camera around. Yeah. So then that would mean that 
General Ross turned into the Red Hulk right in front of Iron Man, so Iron Man knows <laughs> well, Ross maybe, is the Hulk. And, and the thing about the clothes, maybe Red Hulk is just like very prepared. Right. There's <laughs> <laughs> a spare. Green Hulk oh, is not prepared. We're going to have a military <laughs> uniform in his rectum. I'm He's doing, a soldier. I'm doing air quotes right now, but this is all like, explained. Mario, don't, don't wear yourself out. You still have to go up against Lon. <laughs> no, <right>? I know. <laughs> Somebody get the boy a bottle of water. Believe me, yeah. <laughs> Gatorade. Uh, so then this next point has nothing to do with Ross being the Red Hulk, but... You just hate it. They decided <laughs> They decided to never tell us what was going on. Uh, he, Ro- General Ross says something to Bruce Banner in Banner's holding cell, and uh, Iron Man's watching it on video, like a feed, and all these words are... The audio is too low. Nobody can understand what he said. Are they ever going to reveal that? No, they're not. They go to the Fantastic Four, and Reed Richards tries to, you know, bump up the audio. He still can't uh, hear what he said. Wait, Reed Richards, who can travel to alternate dimensions? Exactly. Can't with mess a- around with some audio. <laughs> he, uh, he just can't figure out the waveform. You, you know, know what they should have called? Lon Lopez. He could right. fix that. Lon Lopez is a master of bumping up the audio. Yeah, I could bump it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bump it up good. Uh, <laughs> so then you have uh, issue number six of Hulk, the last two pages after... Uh, I believe the Incredible Hulk, yes. After the Big Hulk, Red Hulk fight. Um, this is the one where he gets drained? Red Hulk, no, no, Red Hulk. <laughs> the uh, She-Hulk. Hulk figures out that Red Hulk, if he gets too angry, starts giving off energy. Right. So the Red Hulk gets too hot bolts? and he passes out. No, it's fire. <laughs> <laughs> he gets too hot and he uh, passes out. Mario, there's no such thing as a thunderbolt because <laughs> that would be a sound effect. Yes. <laughs> True. Uh, so of course the best character in this whole I don't want to say I don't want to say the word cluster F but yes. it is one fiasco uh, this cluster cluck <laughs> Doc Samson drags Rick Jones off panel after he switches back to Rick Jones from being a bomb the next generation of abomination uh, <laughs> wow this is the worst book on the shelves Rick <laughs> tries to yell to Hulk who Red Hulk is because Rick knows this is issue six mm-hmm Rick knows who the Red Hulk is. And somebody covers his mouth. But Samson shoots him in the back of the head <laughs> before he can say who it is. Obviously, it was a stun gun. So well, Obviously. <laughs> so Samson drags him away. Uh, then you see General Ross standing over the fallen, passed out Red Hulk, saying that he's failed. Uh, they've set him up to succeed, but he failed, and blah, blah, blah. Then he walks away. Now... But this is before I wrote all this down. Before I read, so this seems like this is Agatha Christie meets How's Your News as far as a mystery goes. But <laughs> so you just read the latest one, which I scanned through. Yes, I read the latest one. So I wrote all this down before I read the latest one. So I'm thinking the art on General Ross's legs was kind of lazy. So it could have been like a figment of the Red Hulk's imagination. Mm-hmm. So in my notes here, I say cheap, cheap, cheap because that is to me horse s. <laughs> That he's getting a vision when he's passed out, and they're showing General Ross. Of himself. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's imagining in his head, maybe? So can, can I ask this? Yes. What if the Red Hulk was poorly drawn, and he was a vision? Would you feel that that would have been as cheap? It still would have been just as cheap. Yes. Well, yeah, putting them in the same panel to try and get you to think, oh, they're not they're not the same guy. Unless it's yeah. very, very obvious that it's Yeah, unless right. it's well, obvious. It gets worse, right. because the actual reason, I would have preferred it to be a dream. When we get to number 23 here. Just wait. They still have more time to uh, write that this whole thing was a <laughs> dream. So then we have issue 14. 
He walks through the shower oh, and Bobby no. Ewing I was just is there. <laughs> he wakes up, goes to the shower, and Bobby Ewing says, I had the craziest dream. He wakes um, up next to Bob Newhart. <laughs> okay, go ahead. On page 8 of issue 14, Doc Sampson and General Ross are talking to the Red Hulk about she needs to, he needs to find Domino because she knows his identity, that she saw him change. Oh, that's right. Samson and General Ross are standing next to each other. And so it's not Red Hulk is imagining, well, uh, <laughs> Ross is talking to me in my head and Doc Samson standing right here. Although, in the art, there is a weird smoke around General Ross. It's a, fi- a fire's going on. Like, yes. Hulk just blew everything up. So everything's on fire, but there's weirder smoke around General Ross than around, you know, everybody else. On a side note, Red She-Hulk is Betty. <laughs> uh, so apparently she stole Domino's clothes and wore them exactly how Domino's were. Domino had like a belt right, around her boobs. Right. And Red She-Hulk decided, I'm going to squeeze this belt around me after all these clothes tore when I put them on. Anyway. So we were supposed to think that Red She-Hulk was... It was a, we were supposed to think Red She-Hulk was Domino. I see. Red She-Hulk was At that point, it was, it was kind of believable that it could have been. Also... But I thought Betty was dead. Betty was dead. So, well, General so Ross, Ross is dead. Uh, Glenn Talbot's dead. Oh, okay. And Betty... Man, so uh, Glenn Talbot's going to come back as Kid Red Hulk? Well, Glenn, Glenn Talbot's, Talbot's in issue No, he's going to come back as Red Scar. Oh. He's yeah. going to come Hulk. back as Red uh, Herd. <laughs> Bloody stools. What is going to come back? Uh, so, General. <laughs> okay, I don't want to know the origin of that character. Just a step too far. Whoop. Oh, over the edge. Uh, here's a couple side notes. General Ross is always wearing his military green uniform, and Rolk, Red Hulk, always has torn black pants. Could be uh, changed color by the radiation. We've, ex- you know, yeah. the, the, the radiation of the Red Hulk could turn his clothes black. Yes. However, when he turns back to General Ross, how do his clothes reappear? Uh, and then Ross uh, is always... Unstable molecules. Back. Right. Okay. There you go. Um, so then we have issue how 23. How many pages do you have here? Oh, my God. <laughs> issue 23 came out today. Do you want to just write this up and I'll put it on the site? Go and ahead. They and reveal, they reveal... Basically, Ross goes through his entire Origin. life of fighting against the Hulk. Yeah. And the end of it, obviously, including some. Uh, actually, what, one thing they did nice in that was change the art style for yeah. some of the. Uh, well, they had uh, you know guest artists. Tim Sale did a couple pages, yeah. and Dale Keown did a few pages. Did Herb Trimpey come back? Herb Trimpey did oh, not. Good. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait for the end. I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but Herb Trimpey had. I was uh, trying to read his facial expression because he went, "Yeah, no." <laughs> he died. Herb oh, Trimpey geez. had a story in some issue. Oh, okay. Because when I was scanning I through all these other books last night to find all these instances of how stupid the writing was. <laughs> uh, so we find out today that all of the Rosses we saw before were LMDs. Oh, I was going to say LMDs. Jeez. Leader and MODOK put an LMD on the helicarrier. That way, if anything happened, there'd be a General Ross LMD. Then the helicarrier went down and Ross was killed. Air quotes. Ah. Um, LMDs are such a cheat. However, so really, the worst part of the LMD story is that he, he being Red Hulk or slash Ross when he's narrating this thing, talks about when he was passed out on the ground after losing to Red Hulk and Samson and Ross are talking to him. Ross was talking to him in Modoc's voice. 
We're reading this. This is not an audio book. <laughs> you didn't get the design. How does anybody know this was Modoc's voice? Especially having watched Superhero Squad, I would think... <laughs> if he talks like this... Then maybe someone would have noticed that was a different voice. And, uh, so that's terrible. Also, we have this note. The leader and Modoc, when, uh, at the end of World War Hulk, when Tony Stark blasted the mm-hmm. Hulk with that satellite... The leader in Modoc hacked into Iron Man's satellite and messed it up so it would gather the Hulk's power because they were building a new Cathexis ray, which is what uh, Doc Samson used to turn himself into Doc Samson. They were making it better to create this Red Hulk. And you're going to tell me Iron Man, who's like one of the eight smartest people on the planet, didn't know somebody messed with his satellite They got in under his nose? This look, isn't before he erased his brain. Oh, look, Iron Man couldn't tweak the audio on a crucial videotape. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to say right now, between, between Brightest Day and this, we are all the comic industry's foster children. Yeah. <laughs> I have a quick explanation for that. You could argue that Tony Stark's too arrogant, though. Well, this is another point, right? Like, he maybe he has other people handling things, like right. satellite monitoring, right. yeah. and some right. guy screwed up and left the phone in a bar. This happens. And that's how you were able to show us the comic cap. So okay. I would love to read that issue of like Iron Man, where like somebody leaves like a Stark repulsor ray at a bar one night or something. Is that the prototype of the new, oh, for the new arc reactor? I called and Stark, Stark Industries. I told him I had it. And he said, "No, that, you haven't it, got isn't it." Isn't that Stark the plot of the new Avengers? The whole yes, story out of yes, the with Josh Whedon. Yeah, uh, no, the the Avengers, uh, the Brian Michael Bendis uh, heroic age Avengers is it's. Can comes back with a device that Stark had designed, but hadn't <laughs> gotten right. out the prototype. So right. it actually has happened. And guess what? Then the future is dead yeah. uh, if that happens. So well, wow. I want to personally thank Nate for dragging yeah, us. Good job, Nate. The, the whole thing. Yeah, oh. and you know what? I got it done. And how long did it take? Ten minutes, if that. It took Jeff Loeb two years, two and a half years to write that. A story where. The characters only were in the same book maybe four times, I think. I have four issues written down here. Uh, We're on issues 22 and 23 where this finally gets revealed. It could have been done in maybe four or five issues. There, Like a miniseries. Exactly, a miniseries. There are all kinds of filler issues in between where you get no clues about anything. Speaking of clues... The clues wouldn't matter because you have Ross LMDs walking around. It still doesn't explain the first mystery, which is why did he use a gun? Well, he talks about that too because he's always used guns. He's a he's a, a military man, so so it took Jeff Love how many years? Kind of huge Two and a half years. And how many years of therapy is it going to take for you to get over it? Endless therapy. Okay, just right. checking. <laughs> All right, let's. What are you gonna What are you gonna do with these books now that you're done with them? I'm going to keep them in a box, and when I give them to my kids, I'm going to say, be sure you don't read any of these. <laughs> <laughs> Very specifically, do not touch. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's and just going to make you want to read Here, read this them. porn. <laughs> <laughs> Instead. Um, yes. So you want to talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, you have a Marvel book you're enjoying. Is that right? I'm really enjoying S.H.I.E.L.D. They came out with the second issue, and this this is um, kind of a it's, – it's almost like the Da Vinci Code meets – Shield. It's a it's a hidden history of the Marvel Universe, starting with Leonardo da Vinci and a bunch of other characters throughout history. Does the Nick first, Fury have a weird haircut? No, Nick's not in it yet. Okay. Um, but it's a it's it's a hidden organization that is the the, the Shield organization. It's been since the beginning of time. That uh, apparently dealt with 
uh, early invasions of the Brood, Galactus, the Celestials, and uh, who's back. writing that series? I'm not sure. Hickman, isn't it? It's yeah, it's Hickman. Hickman. You're right. You're right. Oh, yeah. and it's beautifully, beautifully drawn. And I think it, it's it's going to pull itself more into the Marvel mainstream. But right now, it's a it's just a lovely, well written, well drawn book that I just wanted to really endorse. I will have to check yeah, that out. It's a good one. Troy Hickman on Shield, fantastic. Yeah. Jonathan Hickman on Shield. Yeah. Is it? Is it Tro- no, it's Jonathan Hickman, right? Yeah. Tro- Troy Benson. I just want everything to be Troy. Troy, come join our podcast. Jonathan Hickman, someday. Uh, and Pirate Batman came out today. So Grant Morris is still taking a tour through my Elseworlds action figures uh, with Pirate Batman and the Black Pirate uh, teaming up with, with the Black Pirate. Did Pirates. you read it yet? I did. I haven't I read did. it yet. I, I enjoyed it. It was good. The only thing I, that they have, speaking of mysteries being, the whole thing is that Bruce Wayne is working his way forward in time. And so he's working his way back to you, babe? And we've understood that um, because the, the Time Masters, which the series hasn't come out yet but is going to uh, this summer, the that Time Masters have appeared and said that um, if Bruce Wayne makes his way back to the right. present, everything's going to – they haven't explained what that threat really is. Isn't this so. – uh, isn't it Darkseid's uh, continued plot? Yeah, apparently so, but they haven't yeah. explained Darkseid's continued plot. So It's kind of like Time Cop. Two things of matter can I did occupy. enjoy that. I yes, I yeah. did enjoy that film. It's also kind of like Time Crap. Mm. <laughs> okay, well, it's still I never of, saw that film. You still, need to get a little more regular. It's still kind of a fun fun book, and then the next issue is going to be uh, Bruce Wayne versus Jonah Hex. So That's oh. nice. Only the comic book Jonah Hex, so it has a halfway shot at being entertaining. Yeah. So, oh, uh, oh hey. yes. Hey, hey, that's not fair. I like him on Brave and the Bold. Oh yeah, yeah. He's actually good in Brave and the Bold. Yes, yes. Uh, and the uh, Justice League Unlimited series. And what were you talking about? I was talking about something. In, uh, yes. Wasn't all right. there a movie that came were out you, like, called Jonah Hex? Was that? Did we that did. All of comic? us went. La- why we didn't podcast last week was because last Wednesday was the same time as the screening for Jonah Hex. So we got uh, all of us in to see Jonah Hex. Thank Speak God for yourself, all of us. Thank God we were not part of. Well, uh, Nate. Thank I, God I we didn't pay it. for it. Yeah. <laughs> We were not part of the $5 million they made last weekend. Oh, um, really? It was that bad? It was oh, that bad. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was that bad. Um, and uh, Hey, leave it to DC to keep up the good work from comic book movies. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite, uh, in fact, my favorite blurb uh, about Jonah Hex was somebody said, uh, no, I don't know what everybody's so upset about. Jonah Hex is a, is a really, really compelling character. It's, gonna, it's a great movie. In like ten years, when they actually do a reboot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Josh Brolin was a very good choice to be. Uh, I liked him. I like the yeah. casting really of him. I, in fact, yeah. I can't even say that I have a problem with any actor because even the uh, Will Arnett being a oh, short. He was so un- underused he, and but he was worthless. Underused, so you can't even movie. say that it's well, yeah. you know it's not. You can't blame him. He was given nothing to do. I can't even blame Megan Fox, and believe me, I want to blame Megan Fox. Why? Where's the? What did she ever do to you? She has toe thumbs. Where was the breakdown from a comic book perspective? Like, where was the breakdown? Because I've heard other people trash it, but Um, I would say the first thing was a decision that this is very much to me like what went wrong, and you're going to mock me for this. What went wrong with the Howard the Duck film? Mm. They clearly one of the greatest movies of all time. Somewhere along the way, at least at the beginning, someone had read the comic book yeah. and understood why it was a concept that might make a good movie. And then someone else came in and said, "Let's make it like every other story we've ever 
written. So first you of all, you mean maybe somebody like Akiva Goldsmith or something? Akiva Goldsmith, who also produced The Losers and wrote Batman Forever and Batman and Robin and Hancock and Hancock and oh god. Um, so it just gets the worse. guy knows comic book movies. No, he doesn't. Just um, look at that. Because legacy. the point is, is you get you get Jonah Hex, <laughs> and I didn't even really realize this. It's a western set entirely on the East Coast. Uh, and uh, so it's actually an East Yeah. yeah. Um, so wow, I didn't even think of that. West, yeah. East Coast yes. feel, right? So there's a vibe. Well, uh, well, Biggie Smalls make a quick, quick appearance. No, but, but the reality... Jonah Hex shoots Tupac at the But beginning. it was also a Civil War type... Uh, it was the yeah. remnants of the Civil well, War, they, which they is all East Coast, yes, right? Well, not this, East Coast. They made this... Well, big, the south, 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 the south, actual. <laughs> but actually, but... They, Still but, closer to the West. <laughs> but, um, yeah... They gave him superpowers so he could talk to the dead. Right, so they gave him yes. abilities he doesn't actually have. Anything. And then he could maybe, spawn crows. At and then, will. and then, the, yeah, oh, the the and ability to actually to actually regurgitate a crow. Yes, uh, and to carry his own uh, tribe of crow Indians around better than that, better than an HMO. Because yeah. if you ever get <laughs> shot, you just have your dog drag you to the nearest crow village and they bring <laughs> you back to life. They didn't even ask for a card. But like plot wise, but plot wise, <laughs> exactly. But I but, checked it near last. Well, it's because the. Sue turned him away what for makes, not having what insurance. What makes Jonah Hex a character is like, the thing is, it was created to be like a comic book version of the man with no name. Yeah. And so every Clint Eastwood movie that I've ever seen, it, it was a Western, he wasn't saving the entire country. He was in saving a small town. Right. You know, doing or a some, hooker. A, a widower. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's small. Instead, this is a terrorist uh, I love that moment where they say Terrorista La Terrorista the, <laughs> oh <laughs> And so um, That's the military guys talking They sounded yes. really brilliant Yes uh, but No, no It's it's a small town conflict And this stranger happens to You know, intervene And right. you know, the rest of the and world moves scar- on and, yeah. and this is not This is the, uh, fate of the It was the, it was Wild Wild West mm-hmm. Akiva Goldsman I think was involved in that Was Looked there a giant spider? No Oh, thank I you There was praying for one So it was it's close. better <laughs> There were better than Wild Wild West Orange balls. There was orange balls. Yeah. Yes. So, um, okay. And, and there were dragon balls. Yes. And a gun that shot dynamite. It was, and and they had Gatling guns on the side of his horse. Uh, so his horse wow. was a transformer beast war thing. Yes. Um, right. Because uh, those hot smoking I hot barrels are awesome on the side of your horse. horse. Yeah. I wish listeners could see Nate Costa because it's like I just told him. And then the Red Hulk appeared <laughs> in it. <laughs> He literally just turned green. And then while we were there, someone just walked by and crapped in our popcorn. <laughs> Let's not spend any more time on this okay. no, piece. But here's of, the thing, though. The yeah. Gatling gun's on the side of a horse. Awesome. Because you get off the horse and you just peel a little off and you got a snack. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was also they could introduce Lance Reddick as the as the Frontier Q. There you go. Uh, so it was just it was just yeah. a, a misfire all the way around. Yeah. Um, and... and, and 80 minutes. Uh, well, actually, I heard it was like 70 it's something. 70 because 10 minutes of that 80 was credits. Right, Woo! but it, all movies get time with yeah. their and credits. Also, and the same like The Losers, and just say, thank you. This is the last of the Weed Road interference. That's Akiva Goldsmith's company. This is the last movie that they have their hands on for Warner Brothers. Thank God. And, and they, do, they decided that because it's a comic book, let's, tell, let's have narrative shorthand by just doing a motion comic on the screen. And yeah, the first like ten minutes. Great art five, by Eduardo Riso. Sorry, five, first five minutes of exposition is animated pretty much and with with Josh Brolin's. You know, uh, yeah, I'm Jonah Hicks. 
And so, this is my story. Let's talk about the next great disappointment for us. The Green Hornet trailer came out this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I haven't even seen it. Oh, well, oh, it's available yeah. on Fanboy Planet. It's long, too. Yeah, it's, it's you mean Pineapple Ooh. Express Hornet? Pineapple oh, Express Hornet. Yeah. Pineapple oh, is Hornet. He, is he the Green Hornet? Did <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize Maybe. that. No I have some theories about, about Okay, that give film. your theory. Give your okay, theory. so we see, the, we see in the movie, you see Seth Rogen as the layabout, no good son right. of a newspaper publisher. Yes. And then the publisher dies in Mr. Circumstances. Clearly murdered. And by then Cato shows up and they sit on a couch and smoke some. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm getting confused there. But Cato. I thought James then, Franco was not choice for Cato. But <laughs> then Cato shows in the Black Beauty. Yes. Okay. Is that like the special kind of the, the weed car. that they can't no. smoke? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's it was real powerful. Look at this. All oh, right. Beauty. So, you got to try this man's called Black Beauty. Yeah. We also see a scene where Rogan is saying, hey, I've got an idea. We'll pretend to be the bad guys. Yes. So he's he's defining a Green Hornet in a universe where a Green Hornet has not previously existed? Well, but as we've talked about before, the problem is Disney owns the rights to the Lone Ranger, who right. is the original inspiration for the Green Hornet being right. his great uncle. Well, the Lone Ranger didn't pretend to be a bad guy. No. But the Green Hornet did. In its but he did right. pretend no, to be no, alone I, I and hang out with an Indian. The yes. question, the question so. I have. <laughs> which Lon, that I call <laughs> that Saturday Night with Lon. Native American, Lon. The question I have is, is his father actually supposed to be a prior Green Hornet who convinced I don't everyone know. they have were been reading that the he comic? was a bad guy? No. Well, yeah. Isn't I, the comic based on the script? Because no, it's based on the Kevin Smith script, but that's not the one that Seth Rogen Oh, Seth Rogen wrote a completely... Who wrote this movie? Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen did. Wait, yeah. Seth Rogen. But was it based on anything that Kevin Smith did? No, no, probably not. Uh, no, I think that part of the whole uh, part of the whole deal was because they scrapped his his script, he was able to go ahead and publish the comic. Oh. And and frankly, they've got so many different. No, and I'm gonna say though, going even Kevin Smith's script screenplay that's there at Dynamite, there's really not all that much different between anything new with that that wasn't already done in the the Now comic series way back in the uh, late '80s, early '90s, the last time Green Hornet was in comics. Yeah. So I, I mean, everybody's well, updating he, it the same way by trying to yeah. make it a legacy character yeah. without acknowledging the legacy that started in the first place. That's now owned by a different. Company. You know what I didn't like too, though, is they didn't really update the costumes or anything. I thought that all, was kind of odd. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all still kind of looking like the thirties, kind of kind of fifties, fifties. Okay, yeah, you know, uh, I, I just think know. like an updated, like even in the comic, they kind of up the newer one. They updated yeah. the look a little bit, and I thought, oh, that works. Maybe the one thing cool. I noticed about Rogan, though, in this in this. His mouth is so identifiable. His teeth and the, the gap kind of broken. You, know, you can say the, the same thing about Michael Keaton as Batman. No, not, you know, not, not I near do as close. I, I look at my, I can recognize Michael um, Keaton's lips anywhere. Okay. He's got a pretty mouth. The thing is, though, Michael Have Keaton, though. to Derek's house? But there's... <laughs> he's got a poster. <laughs> Does he now? <laughs> I did Keaton used to, I did have the Val Kilmer poster in my office. <laughs> no, but at least Keaton... Keaton at least had a cowl that went all the way around the face, and he's just... But yeah. you could still... Even though Keaton was known as a comedian, or he was still a man, you know what I mean? Whereas Seth Rogen, you look at Seth Rogen, there's something for some boy. He's still boyish. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah, that yeah. boyish quality. You just he don't buy him. all his baby fat. Because I think the thing with Seth Rogen is like the best role he's ever had is actually Bob the Blob in uh, Monsters vs. Aliens because he could be, he could just play that stupid persona way to the extreme and it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it is kind of hard to accept it. Though I think the guy, I don't know that actor playing Kato. He is very soft spoken. I, I like the way he was playing that. Uh, very soft-spoken, and then he's going to be the kick-ass uh, 
kung fu guy in that movie. Yeah, which is a nice twist. Wasn't that what Kato was? The yes. Was it Rain? Well, actually, Kato in the Kevin Smith <laughs> in the Kevin Smith uh, story is really wisecracking. He's he's well, that's like Kevin Spider Man. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Well, he's also old. He's an old man, Bruce Lee. Which Bruce Lee would be wisecracking. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he made it to be an old man, <sighs> exactly. Um, Bruce Lee is the best around. He is. Was. Was. No, he still is. You know who to win in a fight right now between me and Bruce Lee? Bruce me. Because he's dead. No, uh, even dead Bruce Lee would still... No, no, I could take I've him. watched you walk up a staircase. I could take him. <laughs> and I thought I'd killed you. First, you got to dig him up. When I made you walk upstairs. Yeah, well, I'd kid. be all tired from digging him up, but then I'd... There you go. Then so I want to move to the next... Since clearly, it's out there. If you want to see the trailer, it's on Fanboy Planet. Rumors this week... Well, actually, in fact, Disney and Marvel's first kind of co-production film-wise is they're going... They're, they want oh, to investigate and make 10-minute short films. I love that idea. I love it, too. I love it. Taking the B-list and C-list. Uh, characters, so we can finally like see that Pixar. brother Voodoo, brother yeah. Voodoo, brother brother Voodoo. Mm, I don't know, um, but one, one character that was mentioned was Doctor Strange, and now it looks like they've hired somebody to write what may be a full length Doctor Strange. That movie. would be awesome. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Doctor Strange. Anybody here seen that yeah. Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange TV movie from the? Uh, I have, and it was horrible. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know. No? That was horrible. Okay. They give it like a fifty-six dollar budget. Was it as good or better oh. than the Captain America old movie? It w- which Red one? Brown? Which one? With Red Brown, it was better than the Red With Brown. Christopher one. Lee as the villain. Yeah, it was you're, better you're than that. You're asking me questions yeah. I don't know the answer to. <laughs> it was not better than the what do you Captain think about America Red Hulk? Done, done by John Cor- uh, by Roger Corman. That one oh, was actually pretty good. Yeah, okay. So, um, and then one other thing, you know, we were talking about Jamie Bell as a potential Peter Parker, but now they've said that actually who Mark Webb wants is uh, uh, Josh Hutcherson, who was in Journey to the Center of the Earth and is contractually bound to be in Warner Brothers' sequel to Journey to the Center of the Earth, which astounds me. That they were going to make a sequel to the uh, Back to the Center? I, I, I don't know. That's not the kid from Zathura, is it? It might be. I, I haven't seen Zathura. Hmm, okay. um, but Return he, to the Center of the Earth. Uh, <laughs> slightly off center. He was in um, uh, Bridge to Terabithia. Yeah, yeah, I know. So what you're at talking. least he's a young actor. He's actually he's young, he's but actually still a teen. But he looks. I'll talk about the baby. He's not again. nerdy though. He yeah. He can't pull. Out, he's he. I don't know. He's he's got leading man quality when he gets older. But I, I still can't want see Donald him Glover. I'm still like I still wow. get excited about the Donald Glover thing. I don't know. I, I wow. St- I, I still wish uh, that. Uh, then I want uh, Christopher Walken as the new uh, Green Goblin. Then I would totally <laughs> love that. Whoa, oh, Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Peter. Wow, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's so my son, roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Great! Do it! Do it, Sony! (laughs) Spider Man! That would be infinitely watchable. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Just you don't even need a Spider-Man. Just do a Green right. Goblin film. <laughs> right, right. Well, totally, totally. <laughs> he's just, let he's him just flying around the, looking let for him Spider-Man. Let play in the Broadway musical. Please, please. Oh. Anyway, because he's gone back to the stage roots. Um, let's do Turner TV, because summer TV is turning out to be this great genre. It's time. actually pretty, pretty How good. How many of you have caught this Persons Unknown? Uh, Christopher McQuarrie's, uh, the guy who wrote Usual Suspects. Yeah. I've seen everything except for this last week. So I haven't watched the third episode. I saw the first two. Right. What, what channel is this on? I have no idea. I'm watching it on Hulu. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. What's it called? Persons Unknown. Persons Unknown. Persons Unknown. And if you miss Lost, so I'm going to use this as the segue. 
because it's the, this woman at the beginning. She gets kid. She gets kidnapped. She wakes up in a hotel, and there's like seven guests in the hotel. They've all been guests. They've all been kidnapped. They all have a key in the Bible that lets them out of their hotel room, and they're in like this abandoned town. It's almost like a back. It's like a backstage uh, yeah. set. And the one business that it's a, but but the businesses are all fully stocked. Like so, there's a clothing store. But the roads go up to the outside and then stop. And then stop. And then there's a Chinese restaurant that is fully staffed and works. So they have to have dinner there every night. And their fortune, they each get a fortune cookie that tells them something new, different, and dangerous. Yes. Um, and meanwhile, there's this reporter in San Francisco trying to investigate her disappearance. <laughs> And trying to figure out what's go- what's going on. You've forgotten some, all, of, some of the coolest Wait, stuff. Is, is like he writing all of them? I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk no, to you. No, he didn't write the second So episode. he just came up with the initial. Yeah, he's the executive producer, and I don't know if how, how involved in the day-to-day Wait, he you is. sure Seth Rogen didn't write this one? No. There's like this chick in a hotel and like, oh, oh Chinese restaurant, Chinese they, restaurant. They put in a mask. The, the, the first part of it, they've got, they, they go to the edge of the town, they mysteriously fall unconscious as they get to the edge of the right. town. They figure out that there's something in their legs that's been put there. They've got that, an electrical that implant out. that when they hit this thing... Geofencing? Like shopping they all go through. They all go through this... this <laughs> Episode 2 has another thing. Has another they, thing that keeps them in Well, they go they through this, this impromptu surgery. Don't watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, so we're telling okay. people to watch it. It's on Hulu right now and it's only three episodes in. So you it, is, it is Lost them. Meets the Prisoner. In fact, if the Prisoner remake had been anything like this, it would have been much. There better. would have been a second yeah, the season. Prisoner, the Prisoner yeah. remake was awful. It's called yeah. Persons yeah. Unknown. Yeah. Um, they, and of course, uh, then they started this Desperate Housewives meets Twilight thing called The Gates. I so I watched that. Yes. Don't. No. <laughs> I, I watched it yesterday and went. Rona Mitra, who has been in some I genre love her. stuff. She's hot. Uh, is she not hot in this? Well, she's hot, but it's just I just don't like the series. It's just kind of like. Bruce but is producing? it like spankable though? It's on no, ABC okay. at ten p.m. Oh, okay, good. Ten o'clock right. on Sunday night. So I'm, I'm, I'm. Because I mean, I'm TiVo for that. Okay. Okay. okay, check it out. It, it too is available on. I'll Hulu. give it seven episodes. And I'll True give it seven Blood. minutes. True Blood what? came back. And True and Blood ripped off Lon Lopez. <laughs> Did ripped oh, off no. on Lopez. Straight up ripped me off. Because this past was it just this this past yeah, summer? I think it was last episode. Every oh, past damn summer. every damn day at Comic Con, every ten minutes at Comic Con, you run into <laughs> in the lawn and he'd be doing his Bill Compton impersonation, going, suck it, suck it. And so this week on True Blood, she actually says, I miss Bill. I miss him coming into the room and going, suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone overheard us. Someone yeah. overheard us. It was a Shut great up, Lon. <laughs> I was. I spit out my drink at that point. <laughs> I almost called Lon and went, "Oh my God, they ripped you off! It's worse than robot chicken." Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, People just ripped me off. Man. Oh man. So I did. I, they throw enough stuff in that episode, though. Nazi werewolves. How great can that be? <laughs> See, it's too bad that you didn't have video of Lon doing that because I could imagine a section of the site. That's like we've influenced, and then the true I'm blood. We, we have the podcast. Oh, we have the podcast. It was on the podcast going, we did from Comic Con, where it was everything. Dated. <laughs> Long Perfect. Go, go <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Comparisons. So, so. not only not only the Nazi werewolves, but I loved whoever had to come up with all the courses of that dinner. Oh yes. Oh, dude, it's brilliant, man. Yeah, like I, I think. Uh, 
you know, including uh, the gelato. Let's talk about the because f- we haven't you haven't done one since it's come back, right? No, we haven't. No. What about that that scene between uh, the two male leads? The where dream sequence. The dream. Well, yeah, you don't know it's a dream sequence, but I mean, well, you're out that the where is the show going? LMD, <laughs> right? But right. you're sitting there going, "Oh my god, this show is pushing some." Off. You know, it was going, and I was like, I was impressed. Man. Well, I did it on HBO. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm not I, pushing any lines. I, I like that they had the, the citrus infused. <laughs> you should, you uh, gotta see the scene. It makes you uncomfortable. Why I like that is because the actual true blood content. soda is uh, citrus and fruit. It's, it's a citrus, citrus is a blood orange flavor. Right. He uh, only drank. He only drank eight tangerines for three days and before the, the and bleeding. And the king of Mississippi. I just like this connection. Was uh, his previous television role was as Prince Dauntless in Once Upon a Mattress. So wow. I, I'm. Uh, Tidecast. I'm liking the action going from Disney to True Blood. So I'm digging it. But now, again, an event we have promised for a while here. Oh, no. To say, you know what? We have Mario Anima. We have Lon Lopez. And they're going to sit down. <laughs> Can we do it short, though? Because we've already gone long already. Right? You, know, you know what's funny is that I, like, the buildup for this is going to be I know. so unfortunate. Because and we're so far sort of removed. Like because I'm coming in and I'm like. Sort of like the lost final episode itself. My back hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We gotta cut it short. We've gone long. Look, I heard. Let's just let's just let's just build it up as pretty much, in a sense, Mario is the John Locke, and I would be the Jack, in a sense of the non-believer versus the. Oh, okay. Call my mom. Go Go ahead. Go ahead. But uh, talk about lost. Here we go. But you know what, Mario? Let's just let's just put it. Let's put a period on this sentence because you know from our Facebook correspondence. It yeah. seemed like you were definitely satisfied with the whole thing. I was definitely unsatisfied with the whole thing. Um, and I don't think you, you... Did you do a write-up for the website? Yes. No. Did you I? Did. I? Oh, did I did. Up. This is right. So what I did was I did a very, very quick you were so sort of, lost. You said you were going to come back and write it more in-depth. And, and I have that actually saved. But uh, So what I'm, what I'm going to do... Um, well, I was just curious. Before you do that, could you just do your quick little synopsis yeah, that yeah. you explained to me? So, here's the thing. I, I, I feel like a lot of people went into this thinking that, especially since the series took a very sharp turn into sci-fi, um, which I think was required to explain some of the stuff that was going on. Two seasons ago? Three seasons ago? It started with season two. I think, I think that that really is when they started diving more into the mythology and, and the sci-fi elements. And then they really got into, like, time travel and uh, advanced physics. When you did know, they do the time, like the Desmond time travel? Was that fourth that was, season about? Fourth that was f- around four. I think, yeah, I think it was okay. four. So, so the way that I look at it is, no, no, no. So, so the way that I look at it is like two was really like building up for the arc that they needed to do with the time travel. Because two introduced sort of like the Egyptian mythology and that there were like ages of people there before that were trying to rack up information around what the island is. And it introduced like... Things like electromagnetic uh, magnetic forces and all these other things that we're going to play out later on in the in the in the end. The third season is probably the most troubled, and I think that's where most people feel like the 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 show went in the wrong direction. Oh God, we're almost only in season three. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> I love how Derek keeps stepping away and coming back. He's like, season three, I'm leaving. <laughs> um, season I'm three is the most flawed, one. mostly because uh, because they were forced. 
studio-wise to start stretching. Right, and, right, right. And the writers... And was the, that the and Nicky and Paolo season? This is the Nicky and oh, Paolo okay, season. Yeah. This is the this is the Red Sox, uh, Red Shirts, Sox people just starting to crop out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, season four is really, I think, where they started to kind of bring some of that stuff back with the time-traveling elements and Desmond and having more uh, relevance to what happens later. Um, it wasn't until they signed that deal post-strike that they were able to sort of say, okay, we've known all along that we needed to hit all of these notes. Mm-hmm. Now we know when it's going to end. Let's start putting the stakes in the ground and let's start like writing ourselves to that, that conclusion. And so I think if you step back and look at the series as, an, as a total arc, maybe throw out some of the stuff from season three, a few episodes from season four. Well, if you could pick and like, think- cherry pick your episodes to make your, your story, like make it work, then I think you could totally make a good case – that, I, my, you know. my argument is that I think what you're supposed to end up with at the end of this whole thing, and mind you, like I'll go back to this. My sort of way of handling Lost over the course of the seasons was to watch a season, come to the end, rewatch that season, watch the next season. So you had like a fresher court. When that season would end, I'd go back and either st- – like so for, for season two, I rewatched one. By the time I finished with one season, wait, we two went was back out. to season two. <laughs> You're just making this longer. I know you really it's are stretching it out. <laughs> so, at the end of season two, I went back and started with season one, watched all the way up through season two again, watched season three, started back at season one, watched all okay, the way through. So I mean, so when I got to season five, though, I got he went a little back and lazy. Small wonder. I just went uh, four. Like, I did two, I skipped most of three, and I went four. Right, right. That sort of thing. So, basically, sum up your your your, so your, what your I li- summary of the finale, maybe. So, what I loved what I loved about it was that um, I think it's it, it went back to sort of the, uh, the spiritual roots that I think it started off with. Um, because I would argue that the series actually began with sort of a very uh, spiritual bend. Went into at sci-fi. What, what do you mean? Just, the, just in the beginning, sort of like this uh, faith versus science okay, argument that okay. was sort of going on. And I think that a lot of that man of science, man of faith stuff was intentional in the sense that you were supposed to go faith, science, faith. And that's how that arc is supposed to play out. I definitely out. think that was, you know, prevalent there. I mean, that's, you know, that's a good deduction. But I what mean... I, what, I, what I loved about the finale, though, is, is that it plays to a... Commonly held belief, but not commonly not in the in the um, in pop- popular culture level uh, belief that in the afterlife, uh, you in 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 your lifetime you bump into a series of people that are influential on your path, and you are unable to progress on until you've sort of completed an arc with those people. And so this I am this here show, to guide all of you to heaven. <laughs> so right. I would actually argue. I would actually argue, and this is just where personal, personal, you know, sort of belief comes into play. Mm-hmm. I would argue that it's not to guide you onto heaven, but rather in the course of the island, it's to guide you onto the next iteration. So, so my argument is that the life presence that needs to be protected on the island is something that has to be protected out throughout generations of, of people. I think that was understood. And, yeah. And uh, well, I think that I think that. A lot of the critical write-up that I've read has been that it's like, oh, so it was really about them moving on to, like, heaven? And I, I don't think that was the intent. I think what, what you're watching is one iteration of keeping the light aflame 
and those folks are always oh, in like, some you know, okay. in some way, shape, or form. Those folks are all involved in that iteration throughout time, and they can't move from the afterlife back into the next cycle until they've all sort of come together and come to grips with what happened in the last cycle. Um, so, See, but so I to don't me, know. I thought it was a very sort of I think poetic and st- elegant way to wrap I, that stuff up. That's a st- to me, that's a stretching interpretation because it's like. You're kind of formulating, you know, uh, substance from, you know, that. Whereas I kind of looked at it more analytically and and really didn't take any of that. Where I was like, telling me that Mario did not look at that analytically. No, 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 he did. (laughs) No, 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 I'm just saying. But I think you pulled something different. It's not pulling stuff out of out of nowhere. The reference material. Not out of nowhere. No, no, no. The the reference material throughout the episodes, throughout the seasons, from the very, very beginning, references this sort of belief in sort of connections between people, relevance between people. It didn't come to sort of an aha moment until the very end. The, like, you all knew that... We knew that all of these people were important to one another's life in the story arc of the island. We were told that when they survived a plane crash, right? But throughout the course of the show, there are references dropped to certain Eastern religions, philosophies, all of these different things that play into that exact... Uh, so you're saying there were exact references, or were some of them like kind of misleading Name, or red herrings? No, or, no, no. Well, uses right of names. The Dharma initiative. Dharma, the dro- name dropping Dojin, name dropping like a bunch of different things in in the character arcs. Okay, well you, you towards br- this exact. So you bring up a good thing. Okay, so well, okay, so that's fine if they're going to name drop all these different things, but like, and like I said, it's, I'm, I'm I'm so far away from this now, but basically. The whole last season just seemed unnecessary if you were going to tell that story because it's like, did we really need what was it, seventeen episodes, thirteen uh, of the last season? Yeah, what did they get? Like, I think it was like twenty, did eighteen get, or twenty. I thought yeah, it was like seventeen or so. But anyways, I, so so this this whole, the whole flash sideways thing felt like it was just really an unnecessary draw or pull. Which also kind of took everything away from the original kind of thought process. I thought from what the original series tried to be, and so I think at the end it was kind of like, okay, well now we're gonna just kind of wrap it up this way. So we need seventeen episodes, so we're gonna just take this big long no. detour, and then at the very end, so we're gonna put I, a nice little bow going. on it. So, so actually, no, the, the 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 so not to get too technical and spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, Derek, <laughs> <laughs> the Seth Rogen at the table right now. <laughs> Um, So the whole flash sideways, sorry, uh, the the whole flash sideways was important in telling how Hurley's arc comes to an end. So so the the entire purpose of Hurley was to actually become the final watcher of the light. Okay, and and there's a key the final moment, or at least the final the current. in this inter, in this oh, iteration. This, okay. So so what happens at the end is you know if you recall uh, Ben and Hurley have this interaction after Jack has sort of you know put the cork back in and um, so to speak and uh, Hurley uh, I'm trying to remember exact phrasing but Hurley's basically saying like oh what do we do now dude and Ben makes this comment like he says you know the rules Jacob made the rules he's like those were Jacob's rules they don't have to be that way Hurley wanted basically Hurley wanted to make things right for all of the people that were important in his life and the whole flash sideways were Hurley it was evidence of Hurley's long con if you followed the sort of long con history of the show so uh, Sawyer 
is the obvious sort of entry point for that. Um, he's the con artist. His so you're saying entire, Hurley was conning everybody. Hurley wasn't conning, but he was running a manipulation to make sure that everybody arrived at the same point in time in the afternoon. Oh, when they revealed he was the guy pulling the strings and right. everything else. Right. So what a lot of people misunderstood was at that moment, Ben makes a comment about, well, it doesn't have to be that way. And then you come to the resolution scene in the church and people think like, oh, there must have been a whole bunch of stuff that didn't happen that, or that happened that we don't see. Uh, it actually isn't the case. Hurley's impression actually bega- begins even earlier in the season in the in the series but then how can he be running a con if that whole thing was just the same way jacob ran a con but to no but i mean it didn't really to- exist though it was all kind of jack's but it was in jack's head that whole thing going on so how's hurley running a con in jack's head it's not hurley running a con in jack's head all of the flash sideways episodes uh, are, are independent for each one of those characters. So they're all they're all having their own little Awakening thing Desmond, running. Making sure that Desmond is going but, about but then, trying to But Hurley's running a con through all of their separate ones? Yep. See, that's I, I think that's mere just speculation. I think that's no. interpretation. I don't... There's no way that you could look at that on the surface and go, oh, this is all Hurley's thing. You know what I mean? Like, because... I don't know. I mean, my, my biggest problem with that is I just... I mean, that's a cool interpretation. I, I would love to go back and explore that. I think that, but I I think just, that the best, the I best feel way like, to do this would be to actually have come prepared yeah, yeah, <laughs> for yeah, this. No, I mean, yeah. like, honestly, like... because the, the, Imagine Hurley, if his back didn't hurt. Yeah. yeah. So, so, <laughs> He's doing quite well. For, for instance, like, it, they start selling the Hurley revisionist thing. Um, in season four, I think, with some of the references. I, I think that Hurley seemed, I, taking over wasn't a giant surprise. It was everybody was kind of, you kind of got that feeling that, oh, well, Hurley's going to be the new watcher of the do you island. Remember, do you remember a moment uh, when Hurley uh, decides, since he is now in uh, the, the 70s, okay. um, he's now in the 70s, and he decides to rewrite Empire Strikes Back? And yeah, make that it was better, pretty funny, yeah. Right? So that's not just a funny, uh-huh, Star Wars reference. That is a character trait that started even before that, that Hurley has this, this overwhelming urge to take the things that are broken in the world around him and fix them and make them better for the people that are important to him. And so at the I, end That's of, still interpretation, though. You know what I mean? Like, just because he's rewriting Empire Strikes Back is not... Uh, you can't... I mean, seeing that is going... Well, that's Hurley rewriting the rules of the island. I mean, I don't... I would, I would challenge you to... Re-watch, Mortal Kombat? Oh, rewatch okay. the final episode. Take copious notes of what happens with Hurley, specifically. And then rewatch the series. Can then Okay, can you explain to me then how the transfer of power of the island happens... By just drinking muddy river water? It's just a ritual. <laughs> it's, it's just if a ritual. you have to ask long. But I'm just saying, it was yeah, things you know, like that, whereas if you're going to put all this stuff out there and make it all you know as brilliant as it, you make it, you actually make the show sound a lot better than it was. But it's like, to cut all these different corners and then to try and make us all believe it was this more bigger thing, it's like, no, dude, because this season they just they wrote it off as, so, hey, dude, Magical Island, man, just go with it. So here's here's the thing. Like, some things are meant to be answered in the show and some things are not. Like, can well, you tell me can you tell me what caused the sun to ignite and power the planet? You well, can't. But, can we, you, but we would love to know that, Can right? you tell me why we all die? Um, I would love to know that, too. Why do we live? Right, like these are some. But of see, the, that's that's but, a but, weak but, argument because no, that's it's saying not like a weak some if the things very don't need to be answered. The show starts off with the question of faith. No, the that very big. The, what's the central question of the pilot episode? What's the very last line that that guy that that uh, Charlie says? Charlie, 
You're, you've got me stumped. What is he it? says, guys, where are we? Where are we? Yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, that's the... Cent- when you put a pilot out there, when you're... As being a screenwriter, being a writer, the central question of your story has to be in your thing. And when you say, guys, where are we? Boom, cut, over. I think you're misinterpreting. You're I taking that you're, yeah. way too literally. Because yeah. where are we does not mean where are we. It means how is all this happening in the world we know? Yeah. I, no, I think it means, dude. Well, where no, are we? We're on a crazy. No, not, we're on a crazy, messed up island. Not just that. It, it's it's where are we? And and I think that the series they never answered on, their central where, question. Depending on where you fall, it either answered it or it didn't. You want what you want is a schematic diagram that explains exactly when. I just how, wanted a better what. answer than no, no, no. it's a magical no, 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 island. No. Accept it. What you wanted was a schematic diagram magic, explaining Ron. what was happening here. I believe in illusion. What what you, was given was you are on an island that is at the end of the universe that is responsible for, in some way, all life as we know it. That question cannot be answered. But what is known? Away. But no, then, what is known? What is known is that somehow the it power can be that controlled the, by a frozen donkey wheel. The the power that's at the source of this island has been the source of people manipulating one another, and it's the reason and the the potential cause of the entire demise of humankind. Like that. That I is. God, looking, that's a. I am looking forward to your book. <laughs> you know what? That's a brilliant. That's a brilliant I idea. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this. it's it's really I where you free, fall. On I volunteer to edit right now. <laughs> The first book from Fanboy Planet Press. Wow, Mario's that would, that's lost. A, that's in a great idea. All right, well, I'll get. I, I, I think honestly, <laughs> <laughs> your wife won't mind that, right? No, she really won't. You know, I honestly don't. So I mean, Mr. Baby's first steps. Right. I don't think me and Mario can go much further because yeah, I mean, yeah, we're yeah. pretty much. Oh, you could, but we're hungry. Yeah, yeah. So, right. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to mention before we go to one last uh, video thing is that uh, I just got an email telling me that. Uh, the Human Target DVD first season's coming out September 21st. I want to tout that because we've had fun with that series when we could find it on mm-hmm. television. Mm-hmm. So DVD is the way we got to watch it. Is I that think, coming uh, back next season? Yes. Okay. It has been renewed. Uh, so really fun show based on, uh, or not the Human Target, it's just Human Target. Human you so was, and your so, articles. So was the the whole like jumping around the schedule a par- uh, like a coy play on the Human Target? Like you can't you like, can't lock actually on find him. him. Yeah, 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 I'd like to say that was no, just Fox. <laughs> See, there goes Mario interpreting yeah, again. So so, yeah. I was actually being a little uh, sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, because you know the Vicodin's wearing off. Yes, exactly. So uh, did it actually jump around the schedule? Yeah, yeah. It's like it on also, Tuesdays, it was, Wednesdays. It on, it, Sometimes it, it, it jumped they, mid-show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, Sorry, huh. you got to change channels. I guess I just... <laughs> and now an episode of Till Death to Us Part. I guess uh, I just set the DVR and it got it automatically. Yeah. Well, it, it'll, well, because yeah. you have one that looks yeah. for it by the name, not by the time. Yeah, any day, any time. Yeah. Yeah. And not all of us have that, okay? Well. Get AT&T U-verse, Derek. <laughs> no. Red, Red Hulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two words for you. Red Hulk. <laughs> um, and then you guys said there was a Marvel vs. Capcom 3 trailer uh, from yes. Did you see it? I did. Okay, because Nate and I had seen it, and what do you think? Uh, well, gee. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. He spent. I, I, we should yeah. have asked him before yeah. the Lost. It's First off, it's like <laughs> seven or eight minutes long. It is pretty it is, long. Yeah. And you see... Just about every character you'd ever care to see. Yeah, it, it, it really felt like one of those things where it's like, you asked for it. Wait, here <laughs> it is. There it is. Wait, it is you never how, asked it, for it. it but is here Howard it is. the Duck in 
No, Howard's no, not Howard, in. No, yeah. no. All, well, maybe... I'm out of here. Did the, did the graphics get any better? Are there, is it still no, no, 2D? Same. No, no. The, the graphics in the video? No, no. The, oh, yeah, well, yeah. the video the looks like a cartoon. The gameplay graphics are exactly the same. I tell you, I'd love to see a movie done by whatever studio did that that uh, promo. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, you know, I, I don't think with a with a with a concept like Marvel versus Capcom, like I don't think you really want to step out of that. I think it looks better sticking to the old school graphics. But there's another series. I don't know if anybody else here is fans of the old Lucasfilm uh, Monkey Island games. I played Monkey Island. So, so what they say that what what they've been doing is they've been re-releasing these with updated graphics on the Xbox Live, yeah. and they've done a great job. The they've first been a one Comic-Con. was. The first one was amazing. They did such a great job updating uh, the original Monkey Island game. It's been a pleasure to play through. Now, everybody that played it has been waiting for Monkey Island 2 to come out. They've, they've announced it. They've showed some gameplay, blah, blah, blah. Here's where they made a mistake. The trailer they released for it is super highly produced. It looks like it, you look at it and you go, I would actually want to play that. Right. You know, and then it makes all this work, you know, this painstaking work to like update the original and make it look really good, but still have that air of nostalgia. It defeats it. So it's it's interesting to like. I don't know if anybody has played Monkey Island. If you have, go look at that and then compare it to the the Marvel versus Capcom one because it, it's an instance where hiring that outside firm to do this really awesome like right. sort of graphic treatment worked for Marvel versus Capcom. Didn't work. I don't. In my argument for Monkey Island Two. Yeah, I think there are two two ways we could take this. One of which I just wanted to appreciate that trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that trailer it's, was entertaining yeah. to watch, and I love the characterizations. I love the way they they drew the Marvel guys. Yeah, who was it? Who was up against the Hulk? Okay. Well, it's it, it's not on Fanboy Planet right now. But where could we find it then? Uh, I got to it through. I uh, saw it on MySpace. I think you can embed it via YouTube. You yeah. should probably just throw okay, it up I'll on Fanboy Planet. Then I'll yeah. try to embed it this week. Cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've all, we've, we're all talked out. So if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. Or if you have a better joke than Lon. No, not, not better. Like, you need to you know, know the joke you know I was thinking. Lon's joke, right the aqua- or if paper. they have suggestions right. as to where we could have dinner. Uh, <laughs> sandpaper time. at fanboyplanet.com I think maybe we should take suggestions for the next series you have to tackle. That was wildly entertaining. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. Lon Lopez. Uh, Nate Costa. Mario Anima. And I'm Rick Brettsnyder, reminding you to... Use your powers only for good. Aqualad. Aqualad. Makes it harder. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. And now Lon has been edited out.